All right, you all, welcome back once again to the 13th edition of Diggy A2 in Season 1. Uh, thank you all once again for all your support, showing your love. We are just having a blast talking about hip hop. And one of the things that I want to mention before we get started is, you know, I know everybody is out there protecting themselves from COVID-19, but man, y'all need to really, really take it serious, man. Like people are really, really losing their life over this stuff. So make sure y'all protect yourselves, take care of your family and stuff like that. You know what I mean? I don't want to preach to the choir, but it's super, super serious stuff going on out there. But this week we're talking about the one and only iconic MC Hammer, one of my favorite hip hop artists of all time. I got a shirt on. You can't touch this because this brother was unmatched. And I got a couple of special guests that I want to introduce to the world really quickly. So once again, we got Matt Dalby back again, my brother. Salute to you, my dude. And I have a special, special guest. So I have the distinct honor and privilege of introducing to you all to Jermaine Wilson. So Jermaine Wilson is uh, a city official here in the uh, city of Leavenworth, Leavenworth County in Kansas, where I live at. So he represents me uh, and my local community. He's a former mayor of the city of Leavenworth as well. And he has done a lot in the community. He has a nonprofit organization. So if you all go back and look at the uh, NWA episode, I wore his shirt, the Union Community Movement that he's doing, him and his wife, Jessica, are doing great things here in Leavenworth. And I want to salute you, sir. And I want to welcome you to the Diggy A2 show, man. So, Jermaine, how you doing today, sir? How are you, man? Man, I'm doing good, man. It's an honor and a privilege to be here today, too, man. So I appreciate the opportunity. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So we're going to be talking about uh, the iconic MC Hammer. And one of the things that I think about right off the top of my head when I think about MC Hammer is I don't think that uh, kids, I'm talking maybe teenagers or somebody in their uh, early 20s, don't understand how big this dude was like this dude was you a suit he is hip-hop's first superstar you guys superstar i'm talking about he was selling out arenas his his videos were crazy this guy could dance his ass off i mean i could put anybody toe-to-toe -to -toe all time who could dance up against hammer you probably gonna lose this man could dance his ass off straight up but uh that's who we're gonna be showcasing here in this 13th episode of the first season so uh, i'm gonna run down a short couple of accolades you're all gonna see here on the screen the biggest one that i want to point out actually two big things he has three grammys and he is the first hip-hop artist to sell 10 million albums, you guys. 10 million albums. So there are nine hip-hop albums in the history of hip-hop that have sold 10 million records. Please Hammer Don't Hurt Him is the very first one. The very first one, you guys. So he is iconic. He is... Uh, a, a staple in the hip-hop community but we're gonna talk about a little bit of the backlash that he got as well on his rise to the top uh throughout that time but lots of accolades lots of awards as you all can see uh his he goes by his uh government name is stanley burrell and uh he has a lot of stuff that he has done to include numerous amount of american music awards and numerous amounts of naacp image awards um as well too so that's all it for mc hammer when it comes to accolades so thank you both gentlemen for spending time out of your busy schedules to hang out with me and talk about one of my favorite uh hip-hop artists and i'm gonna pass the mic to jermaine first as you're my special guest and Jermaine, uh, my first question for you, sir, is when MC Hammer was, you know, kind of coming up, you know, he had uh, Let's Get It Started, which is another one of my favorite albums. Uh, but he is 
what I would say underappreciated from the hip hop community. So I want to get your take on this or uh, a little bit of that. And of course, the famous question to ask all, I think I already asked you this already. Uh, and why did you fall in love uh, with hip hop? Well, so uh, the reason I fell in love with hip hop was simply because uh, I was going through a hard time in my life. You know, I was searching for my identity. And the first time I ever started listening, you know, to, to rap music, there was the message and they were telling a story, a story that I could relate to. And so the more that I started listening to, the more it was encouraging to me, building me up and helping me to be able to find my identity. And so it empowered, encouraged me to start writing music as well too. And so I was able to use music as an outlet instead of me physically crying, you know, I could cry through music. And so yeah. that's what really encouraged me to start listening to hip hop. And that's why I fell in love with it. Uh, to answer your question about MC Hammer, MC Hammer was the truth. He was the icon and he rose to the top. He was original, uh, but the thing is he did it his way and he was famous and he made positive rap cool. Yeah. And this was during the era when gangster rap was taken off. And so I think just like in New York, when people used to battle rap, you know, they always tried to find the, the best lyricist to go up against so they could, you know, get that recognition for themselves. Well, yeah. MC Hammer was on top, so therefore it made him an easy target. And when gangster rap was blowing up, you know, they definitely wanted to knock off any individuals who was uh, rapping conscious music, being positive. And so the moment that they, you know, battle and target them, and then, you know, they... Uh, once you try to respond, you get outside of your element and you try to go against that, against who you truly are. I think that's what ended up happening. And I think uh, MC Hammer felt that pressure while he was on top. He felt as if he had to respond to the gangster rap, which caused, you know, him to get outside his comfort zone. And then, yeah. you know, they pulled him down. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's 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 a. It's a happy but sad story in the same Correct. same Correct. breath. You know what I mean? Like he had so much success, so much rise, and then the demise was just as fast, just as swiftly yeah. too. Yeah. So, Matt, same question. What? Do, why do you think MC Hammer is unappreciated from the hip hop community? Uh, I have to piggyback off what Jermaine said. He's he's under he's unappreciated because we 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 don't have the same type of social media that we did back like now that we have back then so because you got to remember hammer was just to, to me i always thought hammer was the first rap artist who knew how to use videos to his mm -hmm. advantage yeah like you, like come on you met us bro we said what, what thing was the box or something we used to yeah for, video box they, yeah video <laughs> box and we used yeah to, yeah uh, Please have uh, no, uh, they put me in the mix or pump yeah. it up like the first the first like 15 seconds of pump it up video when he's dancing with the, with the dancers <laughs> in the background man who like who wasn't doing that where I am right. so so he <laughs> he had that excitement and just like what Jermaine said is wait when we start because we start transitioning to the to the next era of hip hop and gangster rap he was already there yeah like, he didn't need like. He didn't need to change his image or anything because he was at the top. He was what the gangster rap was trying to go for. To, yeah. Like they, they were trying to take him down because he was making the money. Yeah. Like, and just the fact that he still sold that many records. Cause like, um, let's get it started. That, that was a $2 million. Two, yeah. Two million. Yeah. Two million. two million albums. Yeah. 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 That was still right in the, like the, the birth of gangster rap. He still sold mm -hmm. 2 million albums. Yes, he the did. Birth of gangster rap. Yes, so he did. I think it's more why he why he don't get the respect now is because people don't do their history. 
And yeah. they don't understand, like, hey, you like, uh, for instance, they, they want to say, like, Lil Wayne was, like, the the superstar of hip-hop, uh, like, you know, a couple of years ago or whatever. Yeah. He, he couldn't be that without Hammer. Yeah. And so, Lil Wayne was big because of social media. Yeah, and to put it to both of you said into context, just for anyone that doesn't, that doesn't know about MC Hammer, this, this man, this dude had a Saturday morning cartoon. This man had Mattel uh, dolls made out of him. Yep. He had endorsements for British Nights that was worth $135 million. This man was doing commercials for Taco Bell. I mean, MC Hammer was large. When I tell you guys, he was everywhere. He was everywhere. When I think when he transitioned from let's get it started uh, to please hammer, don't hurt him. When he came out with you can't touch this, when he came out with this, it was it was done. It, it was done. He had crossed over and he went into uh, suburbia and he started to. And that's why he got a little bit of the backlash because we started we and I'm saying we as in uh, the black community felt he was selling out. Wow, man. Well, I didn't know it was selling out, being true to what you want to do. You know what I mean? And and he was just, he was uh, super, uh, what do you say? He was, he wasn't the best lyricist, right? We'll, we'll be, we'll be real about that. We can agree on that. He wasn't the best lyricist, but this brother, if you bought a ticket to his concert, you were getting your money's worth. Cause he had at least 200 and people on the, on the stage dancing. And it was, it was a show. You got your money's worth when you went to an MC Hammer concert. Uh, but he got a lot of backlash. So I'm gonna pass the mic back to you on this one, Matt. Let's talk about the backlash. Let's talk about a little bit about gangster rap coming out and the, mm -hmm. uh, you know, with NWA and, and as Jermaine mentioned, a conscious rap with uh, some of the other artists that were coming out during that time, but he still managed to sell 10 million albums in 1990. Right. Right. So with that being said, just as Jermaine was saying, he was at the top and then he started to crumble down a little bit. He did too legit to quit. I know I'm getting into the 90s a little bit. We're talking about MC Hammer in the 80s. But going into the 90s, there was no other, there was no biggest superstar, I think, in music than MC Hammer, especially in the no. year of 1990 and 91, those two years specifically. But given that he started to have that, you know, that decline, you go all the way up and then you started to come down a little bit. So when he started to come down, he was getting disses from LL Cool J. He got dissed from third base. Go back and watch the Gas Face video, right? Yeah, <laughs> go yeah, back and watch the yeah, Gas Face video. It was third baseman at him hard, man. I felt bad for the dude. But Matt, just chime in. What do you think about that when the the, the demise, the, the fall of MC Hammer? So as he started to get, you know, as I mentioned, get famous, he had to come down mm -hmm. somehow. So what was that shift in the culture of hip hop? And then how did Hammer get wrapped up into that? I think that the his demise to me started and, and you said it best when we were um, previously talking before the show. Um, I can't remember if you or, or Jermaine said it. It was more that black people as a as, as black people stop. It, it all became about keeping it real. OK, yeah. Before it was so, keeping it real. Right. Even before, yeah, before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Before yeah. it was keeping it real. So yeah. like you like you said, he became a self like. He wasn't a sellout. He was trying to make money. He was trying to grow hip hop more into a commercial, like like how rock music is, make it more commercial. Yeah. Everybody can have a piece of the pie. Right. But, you know, it's like you said, black people can't stand to see somebody at the top that they can't get to yet. So they'll yeah. they'll criticize you. They'll they'll do everything to make you go down. And then I think it was Jermaine who said this. Like he started changing up his style. Yeah. And, and like the like you said, the, the videos were if he was stuck to his his same game plan in the late 80s, because he was late 80s, too. So yeah. if he's stuck yeah. to his game plan with those videos, just make you hype. And he 
like his videos make you want to dance. They do. But then, but do. then you start going into like you know when the gangster rappers come in, and then he had the skull hat on and little pumps in the bump, and <laughs> you know like like who we, we you can't you can't take that cat serious when you just saw him and like put him in a mix. Like hold on, that ain't the same guy. Yeah, man. Like, yeah. Like, I'm like hammer ain't hard, man. Like you know like I I know some you know the dealer family back in Valley Hills, they were hard, man. <laughs> Didn't worry about no hammer. But yeah. <laughs> but so I think I think him changing his image should be somebody he wasn't. Even though I had I heard stories that Hammer was tough though, but he yeah. didn't put that out first. Yeah. His image was the 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 good good looking guy, the dancer, hell of a dancer. Yeah. Um the not not the great lyrics, but once you want to go out and party to this try to fit into the gangster rap realm. You yeah. Can't, you can't do that. You can't be you can't, you can't like it, it's hard to transition from being good to being bad and want people to take you seriously yeah like, yeah absolutely anymore so, absolutely like, jermaine jermaine uh same question man so we're talking about mc hammer and his demise so what is your opinion about this why did he get the rejection from the black community as he as his stardom started to come down a little bit so you know when you when you're at the top you're at the top but then as you start to come down you know, you're going to get the backlash, start getting the, the, the disc record. So how was, what is your interpretation of that as Hammer started to fall down, you know, in the early 90s there? Well, I really believe in it's that crabs in the buckle model, uh, crabs in the bucket. You know, beef, rather, rather we accept it or not, beef is part of hip hop. And I think in order for uh, uh, upcoming artists feel as if he needs to be able to transition to the top, he has to go after the best. Yeah. And the thing is, what was so sad about it, you know, as gangster rap was taken off, you know, as people continued to talk, uh, speak conscious rap, dancing videos, they were looked at as being soft. And we all know as men, don't nobody want to be looked at as being soft. Yeah. And so those individuals who supported Hammer in the beginning, you know, they didn't want that label. So automatically, you know, they turned their backs on them and started focusing more up on the gangster rap and the new trends. And then, and it's just sad though, man, because he stood for the people in his community, the yeah. people he put on. He didn't go out looking for, you know, the top best looking models. Nah, he used people that was close to him and he yep. took care of them. Yep. But we all know the history when it comes to the African-American community, you know, when you're blessing us and giving to us at this moment, it's all good. But the moment that you start falling off and you're no longer contributing or supporting mm -hmm. us, hey, we go into the next best thing. And it's yeah. sad, uh, but that's that's been the trend for years. But it's it's not right. Definitely not right. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's 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 a sad story. But the last point I want to touch on before we start to kind of, you know, go at the tail end of this is the music. So I want to talk about the music, the MC Hammer's music had a very different sound from let's get it started to please hammer don't hurt him so i'm gonna pass this back to you jermaine on this one pass the mic back to you sir so when we're talking about his transition when i was reading articles about mc hammer he said you know what two million albums uh that's not gonna do it for me man i, I want to do more like i want to do more uh i want to expand more and i'm reading this I'm like, okay well damn bro you sold two million albums like you you good but he was he had this this forward thinking that he wanted to expand more and he got a lot of backlash on Please Hammer Don't Hurt Him because of all of the sampling. I mean, when I talk about sampling, I'm talking about, <laughs> he didn't just sample. He took the whole goddamn, <laughs> the whole, whole piece of the pie, man. He took the whole thing, right? He got sued by Marvin Gaye's family uh, for Feed the Children's song on Please Hammer Don't Hurt Him. I mean, he was taking the whole thing. So when we're talking about the sound of 
you know, let's get it started to please hammer don't hurt him. Where do you think that transition is? Why did he want to uh, change his sound in a sense? Because those are two very distinct albums. Me personally, I like let's get it started better than please hammer don't hurt him. I think the, the videos are better. I think the dancing is better. And then he just had this vision where he just wanted the he like he wanted the crossover. It's almost like he intentionally did it on purpose to make songs to you know to cater to a, a wider audience. So, what's your take on that, Jermaine? About the the sound of the music that he had? Well, I think you said it best, man. He wanted to cater to the specific audience. Uh, it's the trend, you know. And music is hard to stay relevant, and you have to be innovative. Uh, and sometimes you have to go with the trend but not crossover that much. And I think he ended up doing that. And I think that's what really started costing him as well too, because once you lose your identity, you know, it, it becomes hurtful. And especially once you start sampling everybody music. Bruh, when I, bruh, <laughs> bruh, when I tell you, he didn't sample hooks, he, he sampled the whole damn thing, man. I mean, like we, I mean, the song he had on, uh, please tell me don't hurt him called Pray. He has a song out there called Pray, right? Man, it's a dope song. Yeah. It's a dope song, right? But I mean, come on, bro. Like you didn't sample like a little bit of Prince. He sampled the whole, the whole thing, man. I'm like, come on, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah. And so, so, and so, uh, with that, man. And like I said, and there's consequences that come with it. But yep. I think, man, he didn't surround himself around individual who's gonna be truthful with them, or yeah. individuals going. I'm like, nah, man, you shouldn't do that. With him being on top, you know, I yeah. think, you know, he would just. He didn't have anybody to really guide him, you know yeah. what I mean? So, and that ended up causing him because you always want to seek out wise counseling, and especially when it comes to you know being in the industry, because like I said, it's very very hard. And if you're only thinking and acting on your own thoughts, and you're not seeking counseling, man, hey, you're gonna get out there way yeah. out in the deep end. Sometimes it's hard to swim back. So, yeah. ain't lying. You know, most of us can't swim anyway, man. So you yeah. already know how that is. <laughs> You already know, dude. <laughs> you already know what it is with that. You know what I mean? So, all right, Matt, same question, man. So we're talking about the, the sound from Let's Get It Started, which was, you know, when me and you were growing up, we love yeah, Let's Get yeah, It Started. Like, yeah. that is my favorite MC Hammer album. Yeah. I mean, when he had uh, Let's Get It Started, Turn This Mother Out, I want to say it was... Um, Pump It Up. Pump It Up, and then there was another one, too. It was it was four four videos uh, put me in a mix. Put, put me in a mix was the other one. Yeah. So those four yeah. videos, I watched them all this week. They are all just dope videos, man. Hammer is. I'm like, I'm getting tired just watching this dude. Like, how was he? Like, where is? And it's. It, and at the time, MC Hammer was like in his mid late twenties, man. Like, yeah. I'm like, dude. Like, how was he dancing? Like, I'm tired as hell just watching this dude, man. But he was getting it in, man. But the sound, uh, from one at one LP to another, and we both love. Please hammer, don't hurt him. That's the album that pretty much me and you grew up on. You know what I mean? That was the album that we pretty much grew up on. And we had the tape, you know what I'm saying? The cassette tape at the crib. It probably was broke because we listened to it over and over and over again, but it was very different from let's get it started. So I just want you to Matt, to bring this home for me, man. And think about the, the way that those two albums sound. What's the distinct difference between the two albums? So, you, you know, y'all brought up, both brought up really good points. Um, the, the sound changed because he wanted to go to the next level. Mm-hmm. I always I always look at like the transition from let's get it started to please hammer don't hurt him. It's kind of like and, and it, it could be a bold statement. It could be like, you know, a bad comparison. But to me, it always seemed like a Michael Jackson going from off the wall to Thriller. Thriller. Yeah. Like he was same exact thing, the, actually. Yeah. 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 And but what made what off the wall to me, it, it sounds crazy, but that was like the that was like the black music. 
yeah. the coup. Like, you know, yeah. off the wall was like really big in the black communities. Like, let's get it started. Right. But he wanted to be bigger. So Hammer yeah. knew in order to be bigger, he had a sample. Right. Like, y'all, you mentioned Prey, you mentioned Feel the Trillion, but his biggest sample, his biggest song off that album was Rick James' biggest song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, and, but it is, the the weird part about it, it was Rick James' biggest song to white people. Yeah, yeah. All, all like all my friends who you know, you know, Caucasian crew. Hey, I love y'all. But all, <laughs> all don't know what Super Freak is because they know who Rick James is. So, so and of course you're gonna like, you know, can't touch this because it's Super Freak. So, but yeah. So I think his sound changed because he wanted to be bigger than he was from his first from his first album. So he knew he had to. He had to put out a different sound to grasp a whole new audience, and he and he did it. But he got sued. Yeah. But but he still did it. He got sued. I think a, a couple of those cases he settled out of court for a couple hundred grand. And matter mm -hmm. of fact, before Rick James passed, um, you know, being that Rick James was responsible mainly for the whole damn "You Can't Touch This." Like he sampled not even a yeah. little bit, the whole damn thing. So he had a, every time that you know uh, Rick James was making money off of that, but, but Hammer was making so much money, he was still. Y'all, he had a $10 million house, yo. Like, this brother yeah. was paid. When I tell you he was paid, he was paid. Like, he had money coming out everywhere. But as we all mentioned, and if you know the story of MC Hammer, um, the reason why he ended up being broke was because he was trying to take care of his people. He was trying to take care of the people around him. He was grabbing folks that were just coming out of jail, uh, didn't have a job, couldn't have an opportunity. He said, yo, you know, yo, man, come on up here, man. I got you, man. I'm going to take care of you. And then he gets the backlash. Come on, man. Come on, man. That's, 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 not, that's not how he should have been treated. And I seriously think, you guys, that the hip-hop community owes MC Hammer a lot. They need to give oh, him yeah. a lifetime achievement award for what he has done because there's a lot of rappers out there right now trying to do what MC Hammer was doing back in 1988, 89, uh, and 90, of course. They're trying to be like that. They're trying to cross over. They're trying to make all this money. And then once he did it, he was the first, I guess he was a sacrificial lamb you know, in a sense, you know what I'm saying, mm -hmm. that had to take the hit for the team and now everybody else trying to do the same thing that he was trying to do back in the day. So it's, it's a really sad story, man. But all right, let's go into final thoughts, man. So, uh, Matt, I'm passing the mic to you, sir. Final thoughts on MC Hammer, man. What, what would you want, um, you know, the, the hip-hop community today to know about MC Hammer's legacy? Like, the, the biggest thing for me today is I'm actually shocked to hear that he's not have a Lifetime Achievement Award. Like, that's shocking. And to me, that's the biggest thing that hip-hop community needs to, these cats need to know today MC Hammer was our first true example of a hip hop Michael Jackson back yeah. those times. Yeah. Like, do you, and you know what? You said you can put him against the best. Hell, I think MC Hammer is the best entertainer dancer ever. Like, yeah. At least in the top three. He at least in the top at three. Least in the top yeah. Three. Yeah. yeah. Easy. So, easy. Like, yeah. You, you gotta, you, he, he's our first commercial hip hop superstar. You, you wouldn't have um, these, these hip hop artists getting these. And endorsement deals, the sponsorship, if it wasn't for this guy. So he needs to get paid homage because he opened up so many doors, so many doors for these cats today who who really don't even have the same kind of talent he did. Yeah. Because like he wasn't the greatest lyricist, but boy, he can dance his ass off. So No doubt. Oh, no and, doubt. Go yeah, back and watch so, his videos. Yeah. That, <laughs> that dude, first piece, you'll get tired just watching the first four videos. Yeah. <laughs> first, first 
15 seconds or pump it up. I'm telling you, <laughs> yeah, like, change, change your life. Yeah, for real, man. You be like, dang, I need to get back in the gym or something, man. I'm out of breath watching. I was watching that, man, and uh, Oaktown 357. Juicy got oh, crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> that damn Juicy. <laughs> <laughs> Juicy got him crazy, man. I was like, he was responsible for that too, you know what I mean? He's yep. responsible for so much, man. But uh, great final thoughts, Matt. Uh, and Jermaine, you get the last word on this, man. What are your final thoughts? What would you want the hip-hop community of 2020 to know about MC Hammer and his legacy if you were to sit down and talk to a young cat today? And, man, MC Hammer is a legend, a superstar. Uh, when it comes to the entertainment part, you cannot bring up Michael Jackson without bringing up MC Hammer. Uh, MC Hammer opened the doors for a lot of people. And if it wasn't for MC Hammer, there definitely would be no Vanilla Ice. And True. I truly believe, <laughs> I True. Truly believe he uh, deserves a Lifetime Achievement Award. And, and I hope that he gets his, uh, his roses while he's still alive. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And, and I'm going to close things out, man. I, I'm going to talk to the people real quick, man. My black people, we got to stop this, man. Every time that one of us gets ahead, we're always trying to knock them down or say they a sellout or they talk proper or uh, I'm sick of it, yo. Like black people, we need to get it together, man. Right now was a time, especially in a time like this, where we're being so much scrutinized and uh, all the images that we see on TV of us is all negative you know right so mc hammer was one of the ones that was taking care of his people taking care of his community taking care of the people around him and the man went bankrupt trying to do that so you can't tell me you can't sit up here and tell me that this man doesn't deserve a lifetime achievement award from the hip-hop community not from the pop industry not from billboard but from hip-hop hip-hop owes that man a lot of respect and i think he is super super unappreciated and if i was to sit down with a young buck today and i would play some mc hammer videos and show them like yo when i was growing up this dude was the equivalent of drake if not bigger than drake like this dude is huge like he yeah. was huge and it's a shame how hip-hop turned their back on him and the reason why they turned his back on him because hip-hop shifted and he wanted to do like y'all like we all mentioned you know pumps in the bomb and like with the speedos, like bro, come on, man, speedos. That's what we doing now. Like, that's what we doing. We wearing speedos. You know what I mean? Like, come on, dog. Like, come on, man. Like, like you said, Jermaine. Somebody should have been talking to him. Like, hey, bro, that's that's not a good look, man. Come on, man. Like, go ahead and retire. Spend time with your family. Regroup. Go a different route. But you know, once you have seen in such a light, and then he lost who he was, and he and, and since that moment, he never ever was the same again in regards to music. So uh, we pay homage to MC Hammer and I'm a huge fan. And, if I ever, and Hammer, if you ever see this show, man, like you don't know how much you meant to me and my brother growing up, man. Like you were an icon, dude. Yes. You were a icon and you deserve the much respect uh, due diligence that we, the hip hop community deserves to, to give you, man. But gentlemen, we got to wrap things up, man. It has been a tremendous experience talking about MC Hammer and just talking about life in general, how you know how you try to get ahead and try to do great for a community and get stabbed in the back at the same time that's one of the things that mc hammer uh got did in on a man but on this show and all uh diggy a too fast you can give shout outs all right so i'm gonna let our special guest jermaine do some shout outs real quick so jermaine who are you shouting out this week sir man i'm gonna give a special shout out to my beautiful wife jessica wilson uh, to all the supporters of the unity in the community movement you know community leaders and the entire Leavenworth community. I appreciate you, my dude. Thank you so much. And yeah, I'll get to that last, man. We'll get to that last in a little bit. Yep. Matt, 
my brother from the beginning of time, man. Your second appearance on the show, man. My dude, my ace, my right arm, my best friend. Who you shouting out this week, dog? Uh, I'm going to shout out to you, bro. My big oh, brother. Oh, salute, man. Love you, man. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, shout out to my kids, Izzy and Isaiah. Uh, special shout out because I got in trouble last time I was on the show. <laughs> special shout out to my wife, my beautiful wife, Joelle. I'm not going to mention juvenile, so <laughs> <laughs> I won't do that to you this time, but I love you, baby. I'm sorry. <laughs> Way to recover. Way to recover. Way to recover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That was a classic line, man. It was a classic A2 moment, man. Yeah, Appreciate y'all, man. But my shout out to Short. Um, actually, um, I want to shout out Jermaine. I want to shout out uh, you, sir. Everything you've done in the Leavenworth community is unmatched. And I hope and pray that uh, I can, you can get on this platform or talk about music anytime you want to. You get on this platform or talk about um, issues dealing with the Leavenworth community. I'm a part of your community, and I'm a part of... The reason why I got inspired to do some of these things to lift up this, the community that I am in, man. So I, I look at you as a mentor in this space, man. So I salute you for everything that you've done for, uh, you know, the, the, the county of Leavenworth, the city of Leavenworth, and, and continuing on into the future, man. So I salute you for coming on this week, man. I, it means a lot to me to have you on. And hopefully we can get some more support from my own backyard out here, man. Get everybody in Leavenworth, man. Y'all get yes, on here and support your boy, yes, man. Sir. I'm right here in the county with you, man. I'm right here. I am right here, man. I'm trying to lift up Leavenworth, lift up Kansas City. Be bringing in people from all over the area trying to get on. And Jermaine is what I would say a Leavenworth superstar, man. So, Jermaine, thank you so much for being on this week. And Matt, my brother, man, like, I no words. We don't do the, the tender moments, I know, but I love you. And Congratulations again on completing your master's degree, man. Big up to you, man. I know it's hard as hell to get that done, but uh, I salute you, man. All that hard work is going to pay off. And the last shout out I want to give real quick is to my family down in San Antonio. Uh, this past weekend, I got to see my grandson, his first birthday, uh, my my daughter, uh, some old friends. And it was, it was a really, really good time uh, spending time with the family down there in San Antonio, man. So I'm blessed to be, have a, a, a remote location I'm going to come down to and, and have some fun. But that's all we got this week, all right? So next week, we're going to be talking about the one and only Kumo D. My dude, man. My dude, Kumo D. We're going to talk about him next week, you guys. So get ready for that. But gentlemen, that's all we got for this week. We'll see you guys next time. And shout out to you guys and shout out to hip hop. All right? 100.